Welcome to every horror movie on Netflix, the show where we review, discuss, talk about. We watch them first. We watch them all. Fuck, yeah, we watch them in alphabetical order, and then we talk about them. It's been a while. Now that we're doing this every two weeks, we I, I've forgotten what we do. I've, yeah, who are you guys? <laughs> well, I'm Chris. Oh. I'm Steven. Hi, guys. I'm Patrick. And uh, sad news for... Those of you who are Elizabeth fans like I am. Aren't we all? Uh, Elizabeth is no longer going to be part of our every horror movie on Netflix journey. Um, it's very sad. We in all, a way, I, I envy her, though. I, in a way, we all envy her, too. But, uh, you know, going to gonna miss having her around. I'll miss her. Yeah, it's weird not to hear. I was expecting that, that fourth voice to chime no in. No one wants to listen to call. just us assholes talking our shit about horror movies but the good news is we're going to be doing something that we've been planning to do for a while which is kind of have more of a rotating cast um so hopefully some of our guests you like maybe some of them you'll hate maybe some of them will hate but just kind of have more of a you know a uh, saturday night live sort of cast on every horror movie on netflix And Elizabeth will be fondly remembered as a member of the original cast, and I hope that she makes it back from time to time in the future. Anything could happen. I mean, we've got a long fucking way to go. Let's look at the big picture yeah, here. Yeah, we are... <laughs> this project's going to outlive all of us. Is How is that possible? What do you mean? Are we going to pass the baton at some point? Like when Saturday we Night Live. <laughs> like Saturday Night Live. We're, we, We're going to be slowly replaced. Who's going to be the final girl? We might not. Who's going to be the last holdout? We might not make it uh, to zombies, but we will be there with you. That's a Martin Luther King reference. <laughs> <laughs> Very timely. I, uh, I don't know if it's appropriate, but yeah. Well, so uh, what did we watch this week, guys? Well, this week we were still in the A's. We're getting close, though. I think we got two more A's left. I could be wrong. Ava's possessions this week. Possessions plural. Ava's possessive possessions plural. Although, how many possessions there actually are in the movie? Much like thirteen cameras, subject for debate. I mean, there's I, no debating it at all. There are multiple possessions of Ava. Yes, but it seems like the same entity now. You can be possessed more than once by the same entity, can you not? If it leaves you and comes back? I mean, a possession is a, is a takeover of your body by a spiritual entity. It's true, it only, but she only gets possessed twice, though, actually, and it's sort of late in the movie, so it's sort of it's odd. Late. It's almost <laughs> like they're tipping their hat a little bit, just letting you know right off the bat. There's gonna, eh, she, she's thought, possessed once, she's going to be possessed again. I really thought it was good. Like she was going to be bombarded with spirits for this movie based mm. on that title. Like mm-hmm. it was going to be sort of like a Roseanne with multiple personalities or something, <laughs> where she just has these things coming in and out of her the whole film, and that's not what we get. Um, Something a little more like uh, Anguish is what I was expecting, where you have one girl who's kind of playing host to multiple things. Yeah, well, thank God this wasn't Anguish. Anybody want to sum up the plot for this movie for our listeners? 
I feel like Chris probably had a maybe has seen it more recently. Patrick and I watched this uh, about a week ago, right? Well, yeah, but I mean, the opening is is fairly distinctive because this woman has been possessed already, which is sort of an unconventional way to open this sort of thing. Like usually, you build up to someone getting possessed and see them being possessed at length, but this movie opens when the woman has already been possessed and is returning, and she's basically an amnesiac. She wakes up and. Um, not that kind no, of amnesiac. No, this movie did remind me of Amnesiac. How so? Yeah. Because she's basically an amnesiac. And yeah, she, yeah. she wakes up and she doesn't really know what's... I mean, she doesn't have the same problem as the, as the guy in Amnesiac. But the premise of the movie is she is post-possession. She's cured. She doesn't remember what the fuck she did while there was a demon inside her. And she's kind of putting her life back together and attending a support group for other people who have been possessed by demons. Which, I love this concept. This movie just very casually exists in a world where possessions are fairly common. It's just like like alcoholism or Mm -hmm. drug abuse. There's a support group for people like this. You can tell your friends and they kind of, like they've heard of it, you know, but they haven't experienced it. But they kind of get it, you know, that you're going through some shit or you can't remember. I thought that was fun that like they don't really make a big deal about the fact that this is kind of an alternate reality. Yeah, right? it's like her her probation, basically. Like her lawyer tells her that she can either basically go to jail for all the fucked up shit that she did while she was possessed or she can attend, you know, basically the spirit version of like Alcoholics, Narcotics, Anonymous, which is a pretty fucking good deal, honestly. Yeah. Like you, I mean, because she kills people, I think, right? She's potentially i'm not sure if she actually kills somebody that they know about um there was there's a, a murder involved yeah. but I, I don't it's think not it was part her. of her case though oh no, no. i thought that was she that was what she was going to face trial but for. she did all kinds of stuff but i mean but still yeah. a good deal just go to some meetings go to some aa and skip jail time it's a collaboration between the church and the government yeah which is, which is interesting a funny mm-hmm. funny line mm-hmm. but yeah so it's a mystery basically it reminds me a little bit of The Hangover, sort of, except I like this movie more than The Hangover. So, yeah, let me ask you about that, because I was really puzzled by that. I saw um, I saw on the poster it said, um, what is it, the, the quote on the poster is, like The Hangover, except with a lot more spirit possession or something like that. It didn't really remind me of The Hangover much. Of, I, I mean, I guess it's like The Hangover in that she wakes up from something weird having happened and she's piecing it together. But I think maybe I was expecting just a like that's the same tone as the hangover which oh, it certainly yeah. doesn't certainly not the same tone the humor is very dry very subtle tongue-in-cheek everything but i like mike tyson a lot better in this one actually uh, <laughs> uh, really up this game he's joking he's years. joking but it, it's like the hangover <laughs> because there's a lot of comedy pulled out of just like her seeing the evidence of stuff that's never explained that must have transpired while she was possessed right i mean at one point she finds like blood stains under her her rug right There's no idea where they rug. came from she finds a not a ring what does she a find? watch a watch yeah, yeah with an inscription on it like do you remember yeah, what it the said inscription exactly sa- says uh it's, it says to conrad celebrating 30 years of wedded bliss yeah mm-hmm. and so it's like and she finds like in her couch cushions and you've it's already been established that she was like banging people so you think that she was like just banging some much older married man while she was possessed mm-hmm. and that's just funny it turns out to be more complicated than that as do a lot of things in this movie when she you know conducts her own little investigation does a little it reminded me of brick a little bit 
Mm. <laughs> because mm. of, just you know it kind of had like a, a a noir vibe i thought in some parts where she's like investigating the circumstances of her possession especially because it takes her into the, like kind of the criminal world for a bit mm-hmm. yeah well it's a great premise it's a fantastic premise i don't think it's i mean there are some there are definitely some funny moments in this movie i mean very early on i had a huge laugh uh, yeah, there's a particular line. I think we should we should play play the clip. So, and the movie opens with the exorcism over the credits, and then we see uh, Ava kind of kind of waking up, coming to in her house, and her family's there with her. Her mom's got an eye patch, and you immediately think like, well, this must be something she did to her. We'll find mm-hmm. out later what that was. Uh, and the the family is you've got these. It's odd. It's very disorienting to begin with. You got these canted angles, and it is kind of like noirish or like yeah. early Orson Welles ish. And I'm just like, what's going on? It's, it's so I guess it's Joel Schumacher the <laughs> neon, neon color throughout. Yeah, so the yeah. family's basically like, look, it, you know, this, ha- this this happened. It's like an intervention. It's like this happened again. You know, you got possessed again. You you need to figure your life out because whatever you're doing is uh, making you vulnerable to this happening, which makes you think, you know, she's like she actually is like a like a drug addict. She's like a character from one of the protagonists from Anti Birth or something. Yeah, yeah. They never really get into that though. No, no. We don't really know what her life was like before this happened. But her we get the mom, sense that she's a mess, though. The mom is a master, though. The mom is hilarious. So funny. Best line readings of anyone in the movie. Let's can play we, a little can clip. We play a line. Yeah. yeah. Ava, this thing that managed to get inside of you should be a real wake-up call. Are you? Uh, are you still smoking marijuana? Are you seriously blaming me for getting possessed? I mean, it's a gateway drug, okay? So this movie is directed by Jordan Galland, who is active on Twitter. He was liking our posts on Twitter, so he's paying attention. Hey, Jordan, what's up? But don't pull your punches, just because he's listening. <laughs> uh, no, I won't. Hey, fuck you, Jordan. <laughs> I, I actually... I like a lot of things about this movie, but I will say... Uh, was this IFC Midnight? I no, didn't it felt movie. like it. It definitely though. felt like it. It feels like there is this community of kind of hipster artists in LA that, for some reason, are interested in making pseudo horror movies. This like, is New I, York. Oh, is New York? Yeah. Uh, it feels like okay. Well, that that makes sense. But it feels like it's in the same world as like the anti-birth and the hashtag horror. Like this, and there's some crossover because Julian Schnabel's uh, daughter mm-hmm. is in this mm-hmm. as well. Who's in hashtag horror? Yeah, yeah. Stella Schnabel. Um, I feel like there was some other crossover with some other movie we saw recently, but there are all these movies that like feel very like insider, like New York or LA art world, like people from that scene, from that community. Lots of loft. And we've got Sean Lennon Mm -hmm. doing the soundtrack for this. Yeah, that was remarkable. Yeah, that was weird. I was like, I saw that in the opening credits, music by Sean Lennon. I was like, is that the Sean Lennon? Mm -hmm. I'm Googling it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And there's just something kind of like incestuous about this community, which is true of a lot of sort of, you know, different communities in like the indie film world. And I don't really know what to make of it. All those movies I just mentioned, they all have like a quality that defines them that I can't put my finger on. And they all have something I really don't like about them that I think I can put my finger on that. They're great concepts that are like very lazily developed, almost Mm. as if they went like full Larry David and just made it up as they went along. Yeah. This, yeah, this, yeah, this did kind of feel like a mumblecore movie in some parts. Yeah. Yeah, It was a great, a great premise, but I really, you know, I was, bored for most of this movie mm, i mean once mm-hmm. we get off the ground there's very little to hold my interest the paste is very sort of lackadaisical the acting is 
um, I mean, somnambulant at times. Like, I just feel like everyone's about to fall asleep in this movie. Um, Which was strange because it just felt out of sync to me because the, the premise was so rich and really interesting to me. I really liked that idea. I liked the idea of yeah. the support group and, you know, sort of the, the hangover structure. I guess I understand now where the hangover thing is coming from. I, you know, that all was really interesting to me. It's eye-popping, like, just to look at. It's, you know it definitely looks unique and and feels you know it has a, a really energetic feel visually um but I, I and i was just kind of sitting there and my brain was just kind of like feeling this disconnect like okay cool premise looks good but just it wasn't catching fire at all it just kind of just kind of bumbles along that was my experience also i want to back up I, somnambulant is not probably a word i think so i think i meant somnolent okay but yeah. vocabulary nerds in the audience will appreciate that <laughs> yeah sure no that, that was exactly you're just, my you're just trying to get the triple word score <laughs> yeah well it, it did feel like i mean there was a certain amount of verve and energy to it, it i did like the look of it. I, I it wasn't eye-popping for me but there was something kind of special about like the very like the softness of the photography and sort of the pastel and neon colors but beyond that, I don't feel like there was really much of a vision here. It really did feel mm. like, like, oh, here's a movie about a girl who gets possessed in a world where this happens all the time, and there's a meeting support group for it. And then they just, like, used oblique strategies or something to <laughs> improvise it as they went through the shoot. Okay, well, I do have some big caveats with this movie, but I loved so much of it. And I didn't find it boring at all. I found the performances fantastic, actually, just because every actor was playing the funny parts in a very funny way that was right up my alley. Like, this movie, the sense of humor of this movie is right in line with the sense of humor that hopefully when I make Pizza Face Killer or any of the other stupid horror movies that I shake around in my head, they're going to have this kind of feel where it's, like, hilarious throughout, but presenting horror with a straight face. It's so hard to articulate. See, I know what you weird. mean. Sorry, go ahead, Patrick. I was just going to say that's weird because I didn't really find it funny at all. There, like A couple of the mom's lines I thought were really funny, but otherwise I didn't detect oh. much humor in this. Really. Oh. I felt oh, like it, I didn't laugh a lot, but I, did, I knew that it was playing for comedy. You detected it, attempts it, at humor. It, it just didn't really didn't really sit with me at all but it is so it, dry it is so dry and i think i think with better more energetic performances slightly no. more energetic it would have worked let's dispel this notion do, the uh, cast didn't know what it was doing <laughs> it knew exactly what it was doing i mean i will say though i i still even though it didn't work for me i appreciated what it was aspiring to and that's why i said slightly more energetic and slightly more um um i feel like they needed to try just a little bit harder because i do like that is like you said it's horror and comedy with a straight face that is something i love it's a hard balance to so strike. hard and i don't think this movie quite gets there but i appreciate the attempt it and there were some close. moments that worked really well for me like that early scene the the sort of intervention scene at the mm -hmm. beginning was so funny i and I, I didn't connect with the humor quite that deeply going forward. But I think there were a couple of chuckles along the way. But the whole yeah. time I knew where they were going, I just felt like this didn't need to be... How long was this movie? It was about an hour and a half. An hour and a half. Yeah, I mean, it really could have been... There's enough material there for like 60 minutes, probably. There's a lot yeah. of kind of long slogs here. There's there's problems again. But but no, the you think a horror comedy, it's such a hard thing to do well and that's something as someone who like 
I don't work in the business, but if I worked in a genre, it would be horror comedy. And it's so hard because think of all the horror comedy movies that are out there. They quickly either become novelty films or it's hard to be legitimately scary and legitimately funny. Yeah. Um, what mean, would you say? I mean, so there there are a lot of attempts at this genre. Even just going through Netflix, you can see there's like a Tucker and Dale versus Evil and all this stuff. Right. You know, Shaun of the Dead is obvious, but what would you say are like the great horror comedies? Or yeah. The ones that you really I appreciate? Because I'm drawing a blank. The on ones that I appreciate I want to know are the ones that are kind of, I think, exemplify the genre. Obviously, like Cabin in the Woods might come to mind. Um, yeah, yeah. Cabin in the Woods, uh, Drag Me to Hell. Oh, absolutely. Mm, but yes. now, notice the difference between this and Drag Me to Hell. I, I like Drag Me to Hell, but I think I like this tone better, where, like, Drag Me to Hell is a little more overt with its humor. It's a little more slapstick. It's telling you more when to laugh. And this is yeah. just like, here's kind of a ridiculous premise, and everyone's going to play it with a straight face. And I think that's funnier than going for laughs. I... I do appreciate that because this movie, while I was watching it, I was thinking of certain people I know watching it. And I was also really tired while this was going on, too. But I remember thinking, like, this... I feel like I kind of, like, want to laugh through this entire movie. And I like that I'm not laughing. Like, I felt like it was always, like, just below the surface. Like, I, like I'm like i constantly reminded of how absurd this premise is. It's, yeah. it's, a very, it's a very, very subtle kind of humor. Very subtle. A I comedy where you just can't quite bring yourself to. I wasn't getting that at all. I wasn't getting that. Really? And because because the humor is so subtle, it can get away with actually having some legitimately scary beats and stuff. When the possession thing is returning to Ava and stuff, it's not, I'm not going to say it's terrifying, but it's definitely spooky. It's definitely scarier than what you would see in Drag Me to Hell. Can you give me an example of like a great subtle humor moment in this? Like something that really hit with you. Yes, something I thought was hilarious is there's a part where she goes to the like witch store, basically. With Carol Kane! Oh my god, I was so excited to see Carol Kane. You know, and she's buying her witch items for a spell, and there's a box on the counter that's like shaking, and she's like, what's that? She's like, oh, that's the frog you're going to need for your spell. And that's hilarious just in itself, that there's a box on the counter shaking. Oh yeah, that's just the frog you're going to need. And then she's like... Yeah, you have to sacrifice it. And she's like, what? And it's like, s- jump cut to the a frog sprawled out on a crucifix, dead with its like entrails hanging out. Hilarious. Are you kidding me? Hmm. A lot of the humor for me was just like how seriously the actors took their parts in this absurd movie yes! that inv- where possessions yes! are real. Like, there, there's not a lot, there aren't a lot of like... Like I said, I didn't laugh a lot during this movie, but it just like I felt like the entire time it was going on, it was it was sort of like it's very much like alternative comedy, where like you stretch the joke out as far as it can possibly go, like like Andy Kaufman would do, and suddenly it gets funny and funnier and funnier and funnier as it goes along. That's like I can't believe he's still rolling with the same joke. Like I already got my laugh, and it's continuing. That was sort of the vibe I got. Well, I talk stuff. about wow. I talk about Pizza Which, Face Killer. The whole concept of Pizza Face Killer is it's a ridiculous concept, mm-hmm. and it's not going to be a comedy movie. Like it's all the characters in that movie are going to be fucking terrified playing it with a straight face, and that's just going to make it funnier for the audience. What's your favorite horror comedy, Steve? Well, Drag Me to Hell is. I'm I'm glad Chris brought that up because I don't often think of that in the horror comedy care category, but it certainly is. 
And it, that's out on Shout Factory now, so I want to revisit that. I, I don't or think I've seen it since So the much theater. by Sam Raimi, Army of Darkness, stuff sure. like that. Well, even the original Evil, Evil Dead, Dead is, yeah. is definitely has a lot of kind of Three Stooges slapstick stuff in it. You know, mm-hmm. a bride, uh, not bride, what do you say? Uh, Young Frankenstein is mm-hmm. the, a classic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, Shaun of the Dead is so obvious, but that that really is a masterful film. I don't know. I don't seek out horror comedies because I, I want one or the other. You know, like with horror, I want to shit my pants. I want to be scared. I want mood, atmosphere. I don't like. You know, a lot of horror directors feel like they have to inject horror into the movie because they're like they'll get too scared. So we have to have a laugh in here. And it's like no. Right. Like I, I, the only way I'm going to get scared is if you take me to a dark place, lock the door behind me, and I'm there for an hour and a half. I don't yeah. need to laugh. You don't. You don't need to hold my hand. Right. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of laugh lines in a dark song. No. <laughs> a dark song is not a Marvel movie. Can you imagine if Marvel made a dark song? There'd be <laughs> Paul. What? Paul Rudd was just winking at the camera. Like <laughs> anyway. <laughs> then there's also horror movies that you view as comedies. And then you find out that maybe they're not... Like, I always thought Christine was a hilarious movie. It is pretty hilarious. It is hilarious, but it wasn't supposed to be. Yeah. I was. So, I thought I was laughing with John Carpenter <laughs> for years, and then I saw... Then you realize John Carpenter doesn't know how to laugh. <laughs> <laughs> then I saw an interview. Well, because John Carpenter does do comedic stuff. That stuff blends horror... You know, Big Trouble in Little China it sure. blends horror and comedy, right? Um, they live. I, they live, for sure. Then I saw an interview where he was like, yeah, I, not, I don't like Christine. I had a hard time making the car scary. <laughs> and I was like, oh, you were trying to make the car scary? Like, I thought it was fucking hilarious. I actually, I didn't think it was scary, but I I only just recently saw that for the first time. Uh, like, in uh, Indicator, uh, the UK put it out on Blu-ray, and I was like, all right. This is, a, you know, up there, they're also releasing, like, Guess Who's Coming to Dinner and stuff. I was like, I guess I have to see Christine. Apparently, it's an important film now, and it's a Carpenter film I'd never seen. I actually quite liked it, and I didn't find it funny. I mean, yeah, looking back at the sort of the, the 80s-ness of it with the the lead, I can't remember his name, is kind of kind of silly. Uh, Keith Keith Gordon, I think his name yeah, is. But right. I liked the stuff with the car. I was just like, there were so many scenes where I was like, how did he do that? Like, mm-hmm. the car rebuilding itself after it had gotten, you yeah. know, busted up. Yeah, it's it's laughable, I think, mostly in just that it's dated. You know, there's a lot of stuff that's funny just because it hasn't aged that well. And I think Christine definitely hasn't aged that well. Well, we'll see how Ava's possessions ages. <laughs> yeah. Well, we still haven't talked that much yet about what this group is actually like, because it is actually pretty interesting when, when she actually goes to the group. Um, there's this vest, more like a corset, really, with yeah. like chains that bind the, uh, the wearer's hands. And uh, the leader of the group, who's like this super greaser-looking dude, who's actually a pretty interesting character, mm-hmm. puts this enchanted necklace on the uh the group participants that makes their spirit come back and they have to try and fight the spirit out on their own and when they can achieve that that means they finally graduate from the group and every time this happens it's in like this like cotton candy blue light at the front of the room as they're Mm -hmm. like struggling inside this corset it's really bizarre i also really like there was this one shot where everybody was like making really exaggerated facial 
expressions i think to sort of get in touch oh, with like yeah. their inner anguish in the mirror in the mirror and it's shot from behind as this whole group of people is looking into the mirrors and you can see everyone's have, like, mouth mirrors in like in yeah and little hand mirrors like 20 hand mirrors that was a really cool shot yeah this, i thought this movie was well shot and all the stuff at, at the a lot of great visuals yeah a lot of stuff with the the support group was again just tongue-in-cheek hilarious well see, it's so i like that it's played so casually in if this were a real horror movie when she walked in, we get like harsh close-ups of this woman oh, trying to yeah. fight the demon, but it's just kind of oh, happening yeah. at the back of the room. We see the whole room, and this is happening, and she's just sort of like, "Oh, okay." Like I, I know what that's like because I've been possessed. There's no, there's no yeah. reason for the camera to like zoom in and highlight that. Right. I like that it's just casually happening. It lasts for like thirty seconds or a minute, and, and all the audience good. people are casual. All all the people at the meeting are casual. They look kind of stuff bored too. and like, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. so um, like, oh god, another week. She still hasn't conquered the damn thing. She meets a girl there who becomes a pretty big part of the plot. Who just wants her demon back. Yeah, like, she wants the demon back now, so I, she can like manipulate the demon and like harness its powers. Right? She just kind of has a crush on the demon. And she's like, yeah, me and my demon, we robbed a store together. It was beautiful. He was so cool. And then, yeah, oh, she I'm is thinking like, of a different character. And then, no, this is the same character, I think, because she is, she does say, you know, what if, you know, I could control my demon and then just have the powers and we could do things together, but I'd kind of, you know, still be in control of my life and stuff. She kind of, yeah, this is who they do the frog ritual for. Yeah. Because there is some, I, I think, I don't know if I would call them themes because I don't think they're developed strongly enough, but there is some sort of, uh, lip service to this idea that you know when you're possessed, maybe you're doing a lot of stuff that you actually—that's who you are. Oh yeah, you know—and they they kind of mm. play with that a little bit. It doesn't really develop into anything. Mm-hmm. I did get the sense. I mean, I mentioned earlier that we don't really know what Ava's life was like before this happened, but we do get the sense that like if we remove the possession element, she's a fuck up. And the fact that she was possessed, like, didn't really surprise anybody. She did a lot of fucked up shit, but it's also, like, I don't think they knew she was possessed. I get the sense that they were just like, oh, wow, she's she's on a real bender this time. <laughs> I loved all that. I loved all the outreach she does to her friends early yeah. on. She's like, it was part I, of her 12-step yeah. program. And they're like, is it safe to hang out? And she's like, yeah. <laughs> they come over. and Oh, yeah, with yeah. Jemima Kirk, who yeah. I love from Girls. Who yeah. shows up for one scene, but and she's trying yeah. to call her boyfriend, and <laughs> he's like, "No, <laughs> great yeah. stuff." And then the the support group is led by a guy who I wanted to call him. And I, I'm pr- going to pronounce this wrong. I want to call him the poor man's Frank Grillo. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, t- yeah I can totally see could see that. Um, but it turns out he's actually, I guess, a famous doorman in New York. Former boxer, current doorman. Oh, wow. He looks tough as nails. He is tough as nails. I, I read mean, some interviews with him. He he was in like court because he beat someone with the metal end of a the velvet rope. Um, <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I don't think you really have to be a rich man to afford Frank Grillo in the first place. <laughs> right. Uh, well, yeah, I, I kept watching this guy. I'm like, I feel like this guy was in the gray, but he wasn't. <laughs> he looks like he should have been in the gray. Was Frank Grillo in the gray? Yeah. Oh, shit. I need to rewatch. I was going to say, I need to see The Gray. The Gray is my favorite horror comedy. Fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, he is the, and he is dead serious. Oh, yeah. He is dead serious. He's so serious that he kind of saps the comedy out of the film when you see him. See, that was how I felt about pretty much everyone in the movie. 
I it oh. everybody felt serious and just really subdued to me. It didn't feel like dry, knowing humor to me. It felt like just everybody not really understanding the movie they were in and just being oh. super like. I disagree, and I was so flatline impressed by the actors being able to grasp that and and be as subtle with it as they were. Especially hmm. the lead actress Louisa Krauss, who plays Ava master masterwork i really i'm kind of with patrick i feel like a, most people in this movie didn't seem to fully understand what what movie they were in a lot of the scenes felt like first takes especially the stuff with her uh was it her lawyer not her lawyer who, who the yeah it was her yeah lawyer. yeah it was her lawyer. yeah like a lot of that stuff i mean he's in other stuff too i recognize him but, it, it, but there were some lines that felt like almost like they were flubs in this film i just felt like it was very kind of hastily put together I thought she came off well. She came off genuinely, I guess. But yeah, there was still, there's just this weird energy level about this whole thing. I feel like I've already said it too many times, but I just feel like there's this weird, like everybody was on downers or something. It just feels like everybody's half disengaged or something. I don't know. Loved it. And, you know, I guess either, maybe I'm not, maybe it's another Christine situation where I saw what I wanted to see and I wasn't actually on the level of the movie. That would disappoint me, but I felt like me and the filmmakers were in on a joke. Oh, it sounds like you were totally on the level they were intending. Yeah, yeah. I was. I, was I just don't feel there. like they I appreciate succeeded. the way you saw it. I don't feel like it was a success, but I could see what they were going for, and I I admire that at least. And there were a few scenes that worked for me. That said, plot wise, I have a lot of issues with this movie, which we'll probably talk about more after the spoiler break. But in terms of the premise and the the tone of the movie, the feel of the movie, the performances, I loved it. Just the plot, what happened, and especially towards the end, I thought it really kind of dropped the ball. Style-wise, this movie does a lot of stuff that would it almost was obnoxious, like you know, with the Dutch angles, the yeah. neon stuff. It's a little hip. Like if it were just a little bit too far, it could be like, oh, this guy, you know, he's trying to be Tarantino or he's trying to do this or you know. But but I thought it was fine. It was very excessive. No, I wouldn't call it like masterful or anything. I know, like I that, call it but it was certainly I it was distinctive. Fun. I thought oh, yeah. it was yeah. fun without being obnoxious. Yeah, and again, I guess that's what I'm talking about. Where I felt like the visuals, which I did like, and which. Did did communicate fun and and something a little off kilter to me didn't really match up with what i was seeing otherwise like there's a difference to me take for example for contrast anti-birth mm. where you have things like the birthday party and you have these like really excessive visual sequences that are saturated in neon and stuff where crazy shit's happening and it's like all right this just kind of feels like you're trying to be an artist too hard and this i See, thought but had an a fun ant- aesthetic but it wasn't but an anti-birth that worked for me because I felt like what I was seeing otherwise in the movie matched up with that aesthetic, whereas it didn't for me in this. I don't know. Should we review this shit? Yeah, let's do it. Sweet. Steve, what did you think? Would you view it, cue it, or screw it? I, I would cue it. It's rare that I kind of take the middle middle way with these movies, but um, I'm, I'm, I'm with Chris. I wish I'd had exactly the experience he had with it, but I could... I can appreciate that at least. It is kind of a horror comedy. There's not a lot of comedy and not a lot of horror, though. It's it's a different kind of film. It's very subtle, but it's it's an extended joke that I think goes on just a little bit too long. Um, but I think there's some promising talent here. I want to see what this director does next. Um, I, I, I like his style. I think we have a similar sense of humor. Yeah, cue it. You know, Don't rush out to see it, but if you run out of stuff to, to watch, throw it on and see what you think. 
Sweet. Patrick? I was going to ask Chris. Um, I'm going to say screw it because... I don't know. I, I just didn't turn the dial. <laughs> it just didn't turn the dial for a straight 90 minutes. There were a couple of moments that really hit with me. Definitely some things I liked, which I've already mentioned, the visuals and, and the basic concept, the basic premise I do like quite a bit. And I saw a lot of potential there and it just mostly didn't deliver on that for me. And it, it wasn't terrible, but I certainly couldn't really recommend anybody spend time on it. Hmm. Chris, I give it a view it. Wow. Yeah. Um, We've covered the whole spectrum. Yeah. It's fantastic. Variety. I, it. I thought the premise was so much fun, and just the basic problem of the movie was so much fun, and Ava's sort of investigation was so much fun. I loved the sense of humor. I loved all the actors. I liked Ava a lot. The problem is, like I said, there's plot problems, and I think this might be why you guys found it so boring, especially Steve, because the movie asks a lot of interesting questions, and then when you and it kind of invests you in Ava's journey, but then you get to the end of the movie, and it gives you a whole bunch of answers to shit that wasn't even on your mind. Like, mm. you know, there's, there's twists that involve things that you don't care about, and it's re- the ending doesn't really seem to be a logical conclusion of what came before it. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk about that more in a minute. But in spite of the plotting problems that I thought were very prominent in the second half of the movie, um, it was just so much fun. I, I loved every second of this movie. I, I was having a great time watching this movie until the very end. Wow. I wish I could have watched this movie through your eyes, honestly. Yeah, I wish you could watch every movie through my eyes. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> I'll take a... That's a hard pass. That's a screw it. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, if you want to go find out about Ava, you can go uh, watch it right now. Otherwise, stick around. We're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be back, and we're going to go to the spoiler room and talk about all the details. See you soon. Okay, so we're back in the spoiler room. We're talking about Ava's possessions still. It's, it's chilly down here, as always. It's chilly. One thing listeners might not know is we have to turn the heat off when we record at Chris's place because it's too loud in the background. And, uh, yeah, I, I, feel, I, I feel like I'm in the spoiler room. We, we should start just building a fucking fire on Chris's countertop. And we're, then it would be, I mean, it'd be noise, but it would be cool ambient noise, like a fire a crackling, crackling in the background. That would be cool. Well, the point is we make physical sacrifices for the listening experience of this podcast mm-hmm. well We're also about- i i it's atmospheric it's easier for me to imagine that i'm in the mythical spoiler room if you want to open the faucet a little and get a little drip 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 <laughs> we could do that we're gonna nail a frog to a cross in a minute here hilarious oh loved it all <laughs> Um, yeah, guys. So, uh, you guys had a hard time unraveling some of the mysteries. I didn't. The thing is, I did not care to. Yeah. This movie didn't really go in the direction I thought it would. I was expecting more of like a kind of generalized recovery sort of thing where she, she finds out she fucked somebody she shouldn't have and maybe ran somebody over with her car. It turns out it's way more twisty than that. Can you, yeah. can you explain that, that whole twist to me with the the brother brother-in-law yeah i can i I can try but first of all here's here's the big problem of movies that have great premises that end up bad you know what the problem is what they don't don't stick to the premise Hmm. so here we're given a movie where it's like oh great a possessed girl 
a post-possession girl trying to get her life back on track. So I want to see her, you know, make amends with what she did while she was possessed and then make sure the thing doesn't come back, which I guess is kind of what they get to. But then they go down this like film noir route where it's like, oh, guess who in your family hired a hitman or like all this shit. I'm like, what? This doesn't mean anything to do with anything. So basically Ava's sister is engaged to a guy who looks like Macaulay Culkin. If, if he had aged a little bit better than the real much, Macaulay Culkin much did. Much more attractive than Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> that's, just, that's, what, that's what Patrick called him, so I'm, we're sticking with that. And I guess while Ava's possessed, she ends up in a hooker's van and finds would-be brother-in-law with a hooker and a threesome unravels. And then he falls in love with her but also decides to hire a hitman but I, I, I can't just look this up is that against the rules no I think it's fine that we don't remember the exact details that's how convoluted it between the three of us it this, still this takes us really going is, on Wikipedia uh, like to figure out what happened if I just watched it today I still would have trouble explaining what happened yeah and it was a week ago yeah yeah no that's right so her would-be brother-in-law tries to kill her because she stumbled across his prostitute habit so he hires a hitman conrad but she's a demon so she has no problem killing conrad but then i guess for some reason he the brother-in-law falls in love with demon ava Mm -hmm. and becomes an accomplice and they clean up conrad's body leave no trace of him but the blood stain on the floor and his watch they take him out to the woods and they bury him in what is surely a homage to goodfellas uh-huh. yeah <laughs> they got the red fog and the tail of the car i mean funny funny moments like that that's hilarious um, i don't know but i wasn't sure if it was funny or if it was trying to be cooler than it actually was i felt like it was going oh guys we're gonna do an homage to goodfellas it didn't feel knowing or like you were supposed I did to that, like, laugh it at would that. be like I don't care if the audience laughs at that. If that's in my movie, I'm doing it because I think it's hilarious. Just like how we're going to open our next movie with a ripoff of Lawrence of Arabia on the motorcycle. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so long story. It doesn't even matter. But then he wants Demon Ava back, which is Demon actually kind Ava of cool. Back. I sort of like that. That's uh, fine. They go to the. I like that because she's clean now. She's trying to get her life together, and then she's she's pulled back into her old. And they habit. every time she thinks she's out, they pull her back in. And they go to they go to the group. She puts on the necklace that brings the spirit back, and she's like you know sort of vamping for him, and he's super into it. It's a really weird scene um and then what happens she, well she's in control of the demon the whole time oh. and she uses her supernatural yeah. powers like her friend planned to to kind of just fuck him up baffula wasn't that the demon's name something like that that's a sweet name um, i thought that name but was this sweet. is this so this is the problem so like that's the climax of the movie and i feel nothing during the climax of the movie because for one thing we've never seen ava put the necklace on before i don't feel like her conquering the demon after she puts the necklace on is a big step for her even though it's a big step for everyone else in her support group we haven't seen her kind of buy into that yeah. we haven't seen her have any problems with being possessed really since the beginning of the movie 
It's just like there's kind of this entity outside our peripheral vision that's kind of like peering Right, at she's her. not being constantly invaded over and over again. So it's interesting to me that in the meetings, the main goal is to reintroduce the demon. And then basically what how it works is you get chained up, you put this weird corset thing on, and if you can pull the necklace off, it proves that you've conquered your demon, and then you're out of the program, and, and you're, you can go back to your regular life, right. whatever. You're scot-free from all of the, the you get, horrible you mistakes you You get your you metal. <laughs> yeah. So she does that, but I didn't think that was Ava's journey to no. find the way to do that. Her it did not seem like the focus of the film at all. No. Yeah. And like I was expecting the de- the demon to finally repossess her, you know, at an inconvenient time and undo some of the progress she had made with her friends and family and her life and stuff like that. I mean, that would have been predictable, but I feel like they could have made it. Actually, it did. That did happen, didn't it? Temporarily, when she went back to work, just for a second, oh, she turned yeah. back into demon Ava. Right, right, because she's like a like A and R or something for a record label, and one of her bands like is performing a song about her they're all wearing like the the lead singer is wearing like you know he's wearing oh, that's, the collar. A, that's a laugh out loud line because he's funny. dressed up like a priest singing and she's like you look like a sex offender <laughs> <laughs> yeah so she goes she gets her job back after she kind of after she's been exercised and then she sees him performing the song that's about her and she just absolutely flips out on everyone creates a massive scene but it doesn't really seem like i don't think she was possessed was she i i think i think she was a little bit but it it doesn't really matter it doesn't feel like oh no she ruined everything it doesn't feel like whiplash when the kid like tackles fletcher (laughs) on stage at the band show you know you're like oh man this is bad for him it's like oh i kind of understand why she did that can i make a confession i didn't but what i wondered if i fell asleep for a few minutes of this movie and hearing you guys talk about this scene is telling me that oh you definitely i sure did yeah i I looked over like i thought you were sleeping and like a half hour later i have i couldn't tell and i was like i was actually absorbed in the movie at that point and then i kind of turned over and you just had like kind of woken up and i was like were you sleeping you're like yeah i think i fell asleep for two minutes and i was like, apparently it was a much longer amount of time you're yeah. the you're the tignataro of this episode <laughs> no i watched the rest of the movie i was awake for the second twist because after the twist we already talked about there's another twist that's so completely bad. fucking irrelevant so bad yeah we find out that her mother was also possessed. Which, who gives a fuck? It doesn't fucking matter. It changes nothing. And it actually confused me, because I didn't understand that that was what was being communicated, and I thought I'd missed something really important, and then yeah, I they, asked Patrick uh, afterward, and it turns out, no, And it's supposed to be, like, the big stinger, like, oh, well, shit, didn't see that coming. There's another half to Runs that, which, the, which she, I didn't, but yeah, also it doesn't fucking matter. The other half to that is she's kind of, there's an implication that maybe she was intentionally possessed by somebody, yeah. like someone put a hex on her. I thought the whole movie movie that that's what she was trying to figure out well she does see the little like voodoo mark on the neck of her sister yeah um and it's like nothing it's not even a moment it's like oh that's there okay and then she finds out that her mother was also possessed so it's implied i guess that her family was involved in possessing her but it's like who cares and and that's the end of the movie it's like oh wow look at that and it really fell flat for me Mm mm-hmm yeah, just stick to the premise, I guess. I don't. I don't know. It's still an enthusiastic view. It though, still an enthusiastic view. It because wow. it, it, I had so much fun watching the movie that I mean, huh. I'll forgive it. It's plot disaster at the end. All right. 
you know, whatever. Huh. Well, I think I think we've run through all of Ava's possessions at this point now, right? We've covered them all. I can't really think of, you know, how I would fix the movie, really. Uh, there. Well, it's a very, like, kitchen kitchen sink approach to making a movie i mean it really does feel like the like the writer just kind of made it up as he went along and then they just shot that um how i would fix it focus on one thing yeah. focus on either either it's a recovery story it's a noir mystery yeah or it's a complicated family drama <laughs> any one of those things would would be enough for a film Right, and I feel like there is enough sort of vision and like humor and talent there in the cast and with the director that like that could work. But this really feels like, like the writer just the, was smoking lots of weed and also like go, the writer is the director. It's the writer Jordan. is the director. He he wrote it. Yeah. Okay. Well, I still stand by that. It feels like there was constantly a joint in his hand as he was writing this movie because he goes down so many weird snakes hands and tangents and follows them until they're exhausted and then just jumps to something else com- entirely different. Or follows them and it doesn't quite... Like, I'm thinking of the scene where she and her new, like, art dealer boyfriend, who's Conrad's son, are in her apartment and they're like about to bang and she's seeing the demon shit and so she's like starting to freak That was out. a really effective scene. That was one of my favorite scenes yeah, in the movie. Yeah. That was a good scene. But then what becomes of that? Anything? Mm. It was just kind of there. It didn't progress anything really. Yeah. And, and I mean again, other than just showing the demon was still having its effect on Right. It. And so you kind of get that sense where like oh it would have made sense if the demon, the ominous demon outside her peripheral vision, like, became important. But she's never, like, caught up to by the demon. It, like, makes her see some weird shit. And then she just puts the necklace on and she takes it off. And it's like, okay, well, no demons. But your mom's bad. With that, <laughs> with the yeah. approach that he took to the to writing and directing this movie, it really does feel like... I mean, it, I felt like I had hallucinated the whole thing by the time it was over. Yeah, it, I left. It left me feeling very hazy, as if I had just smoked joint. Actually, yeah, <laughs> like it was. It was very strange. Like the movie took me down some 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 odd corners that I wasn't expecting. And yeah, there's this. Ultimately, weird... I found it more exhausting than entertaining. Yeah, there's this weird sense of detachment that I still like can't fully put my finger on about the whole thing. I don't know. I feel like I, I feel like Ava. You know, I just I, yeah. I feel like I was possessed and I, I just <laughs> can't quite put it all back together. Woke up ninety minutes later, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or a couple scenes later, in my case. <laughs> but hey, you know, sign me up for Jordan's next movie, or maybe he has one out already. I like how we're on first name terms with Jordan. Now. You know, listen, you tweet us, you troll us, and we'll <laughs> we're your friend, and we'll troll you back. Yeah, we'll troll you back. We'll have him on the that's, show. That's the promise we've been making for quite a while now. <laughs> I'd love yeah. to talk to him. Yeah, and uh, maybe he'll say, you know what? Everyone was right. This this movie didn't work out the way I wanted it to. Chris, I don't know what you were smoking. <laughs> maybe he'll just say you read something that wasn't there this was supposed to be a serious film <laughs> <laughs> uh, fuck it sign me up let's do it are we done yep all right uh so what are we watching next week next week continuing the alphabetical order ava for ava becomes ava for avalanche sharks mm-hmm. which fuck i mean i'm 
we love the movies, love each other, and we watch these with an open mind. But I have been dreading Avalanche Shark since the beginning of this, just because the like the movie that Netflix plays when you like put your when you select it looks like it's just really lowbrow garbage. But hopefully, I'm wrong. I haven't seen that movie, but I've been—I mean, the little trailer thing you're yeah. talking about—but I've been weirdly stoked for this since I heard the title. I was just like, I don't know what the fuck that means. Like, is it a literal avalanche of sharks? I don't know. But well, I've been fascinated since I first heard that we were going to be talking about it. And well, you like, we've already had done a shark attack. I was going to say we've already done one bad like sci-fi channel shark yeah. movie too many. Did I like Three Headed Shark Attack? I think you gave it a view. It. Oh fuck! <laughs> I don't believe that. <laughs> you. I don't believe you didn't give it a screw it uh okay all right if Uh, i gave it a view it i must have been trolling hard well join us next uh in two weeks from today and or you know whenever you're listening to this on your podcast apparatus and uh we'll be watching avalanche sharks trying to stay warm and uh until then you know you can find us on all the usual channels facebook twitter instagram all that shit uh you know send us a message We'd love to hear from you. We would love to hear from you. We want more feedback from our fans. If you have suggestions for how to improve the show. What if what if people want to troll us? We'll troll you back. Has anybody trolled us? Yet like lately. Jordan's gonna troll us after he hears this episode. (laughs) (laughs) But uh yeah. So see you then. For every horror movie on Netflix. Oh yeah. I'm Chris. I'm Steven. And I'm Patrick. So long. (laughs) 